Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the ISO's Powering Tomorrow podcast. My name is Terry Young. In each episode, we sit down with our guests to get their perspective on the opportunities and challenges power grids are facing in the midst of the rapid transformation happening in the industry. We'll also learn more about some of the innovative ideas or concepts helping to shape the future of the electricity system. You know, hearing from and considering input from our stakeholders is one of my most important responsibilities at the IESO. Stakeholder perspective is a critical part of the decision-making process as we build a reliable, sustainable, and efficient electricity system that addresses the needs of Ontarians. As the electricity sector has evolved, community engagement has become particularly important. An ongoing dialogue serves to build an understanding of how energy planning happens and provides opportunities for local input laying the foundation for successful implementation. And as technology has evolved, such as energy efficiency, energy storage, demand response, to name a few emerging technologies, it's giving communities more choice in how they can help meet their energy needs. In the past, I've traveled across the province to meet as many stakeholders as I could in person. More recently with the pandemic, I've had the opportunity to continue to hear from you via the help of technology either through our monthly public stakeholder meetings, one-on-one discussions with municipalities and others, or through this podcast. I welcome any thoughts you have after listening to this podcast, either to me at terry.young at ieso.ca or connecting with me on LinkedIn. On today's episode of the Powering Tomorrow podcast, we're discussing a successful example of innovation and community energy planning at the region of Waterloo. Our guests are Matthew Day, the program manager at WR Community Energy, the organization that's implementing Waterloo Region's community energy investment strategy, and Tanya Leach, executive director of Quest, a national organization that works to accelerate the adoption of efficient and integrated community scale energy systems in Canada. Welcome, Matthew. Welcome, Tanya. You know, we've all been working together to understand that this local electricity picture you know, so we can include the community uh, input into broader electricity plans that we're developing, including new initiatives and pilots. And so uh, before I start, I just want to say thanks for your involvement in the work that collectively we're doing. Thanks for having us, Terry. Yeah, thank you very much. It's great to be here. Tanya, let me start with you in terms of questions and and maybe just really just tell us a little bit about Quest, the work that that you've been doing with municipalities on community energy planning, you know, how urban or energy planning has changed over the years and 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 gotten to where it is right now. Yeah, great. Thanks. Thanks a lot, Terry. Um, yeah, I think, you know, Quest is, a, as you said, is a national organization. Um, we've been around for 13 years now. Um, and a lot of our work is really centered around uh, collaboration. Um, and I think that that is so critical to the future um, and, and the, a sustainable energy system. Uh, no one organization holds all the levers to make the changes that we need to make. Um, and we have to come together and do that collectively. So what Quest does is um, we work, as I say, we're national, but we work on the ground and we bring together a multitude of different stakeholders who hold the levers that you can pull to make changes to energy at the local level. Um, Obviously, that doesn't uh, mean that we don't talk about climate and climate change and greenhouse gas emission reductions because those things go hand in hand. Uh, But what we do is three main things. We're a connector where we bring together all those stakeholders 
We're an educator uh, in that we do applied research, developing tools, um, building knowledge at the local level um, of a lot of the kind of overcoming some of the challenges and, and building tools um, that enable uh, the transition that we need to see in the energy system. And then also we're an influencer. So um, we have a network of over 5,000 across Canada and we leverage that network to uh, put messages before policymakers to help to make policy changes that are also enabling. So I guess to wrap it all up in, in one single, single, single sentence, um, we're really enabling the conditions that we need to see the energy transition trans, transpire. So maybe we'll go a little bit focusing on a particular community, Matthew, your community. Tell us about the Waterloo Regional Community Investment Strategy, the purpose of WR Community Energy. Yeah, we've seen how our community has changed as energy demands and technologies have changed over time. We probably don't have enough time to get into the whole history of, of energy transitions, but, but very briefly, uh, we moved from an agricultural technology powered by uh, windmills and animals to an industrial economy powered by you know, coal power plants. And now we're living in a, a, modern, a modern city powered largely by, by electricity allowed us to, to build up in, in, instead of out. And we've noticed how each of these energy transitions have solved problems in the past, but have also created new problems in the future. Um, currently, we're facing uh, many environmental problems with, with, with our energy usage, uh, with urban sprawl and, and climate change. Um, we've made a lot of progress towards the latter, the urban sprawl bit, but we have uh, a long way to go on the climate change front. And so the CEIS, the Community Energy Investment Strategy, is a way to address these challenges largely by creating new opportunities. You know, I've been in the, the sector for over 30 years and I've certainly seen the change that's been occurring. You know, it's been, uh, you know, when I first joined the sector, we were, we were, if you thought about electricity in Ontario, you would think about, uh, you know, a big plant being built at the end of a very long line and bringing that energy into a, to an urban center. And now what we're seeing is just so much more distributed energy. You know, we're seeing the 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 promise of of different technologies, but it hasn't been uh, an easy journey. I would say that that the change, you know, has taken some time. Um, and you know, as we look to enable, all of us look to enable uh, change down the road. Um, I think you know we're gonna we're gonna have our 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 share of frustrations. Uh, tell me what motivates you like we'll start with you with you matthew like what what is it that drives you to 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 do what you're doing well um personally i'm very interested in the intersection between um energy and, and social justice um and just general equity uh, i don't see a divide between social issues and environmental issues i see them um all melding into one and energy is a really great opportunity to a boots on the ground opportunity to, to really integrate this. Um, some of my uh, um, uh, people who really inspire me are people like Van Jones, south of the border. He's really highlighted uh, the um, social justice issues with, with energy and the socialization of the grid and how those who can afford to get off the grid um, will, will leave the, the rest of the um, um, the responsibility for this grid to, to the other people. So there's just a strong interconnection of labor issues, uh, environmental issues. Um, uh, so community energy is just a really great way to be on the ground in your community making these changes. Tanya, you've been with Quest now since the start. 
uh, tell us a little bit about some of some of the motivation, some of uh, you know your your journey, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Um, you know, I hard to hard to kind of one up what Matthew just said because I, I think there are so many parallels. But maybe I'll just expand it a little bit further. Um, you know, the, the issues that we face in our communities in Canada are so diverse, as diverse as the communities are themselves. Um, and the, 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 I guess the beauty of, you know, smart energy communities is that you can tackle a multitude of different issues um, through a lens of energy. Um, you know, whether those issues are centered around energy poverty, uh, you know, clean and affordable housing, uh, clean drinking water, you know, th there's so many different challenges that our communities face. And we're able to take, uh, you know, by, by using this, this kind of energy lens, we're able to deal with a multitude of different issues. So that really is kind of the, where, where the passion comes from, I think, for, for me and my role at the organization. Um, and it's also hard not to say that the personal passion comes from the fact that I have three small children and I, I want to make a future for them. So, um, yeah, that's, that's really where the passions come from for this. And so when you look at this, as you see, I guess, you know, when you look at how long you've been involved in it, but a question for both of you, you know, what, what have you seen in terms of the progress and what do you see that, you know, in order for this progress to continue, what, what are the, the things that are going to be necessary for us to keep this going? Okay, <laughs> sure, I'll take that one first. Yeah, um, I think that, you know, the, the thing for me, Terry, uh, I've been at Quest for 13 years um, and then also in the energy industry prior to that. And, and you know, if I really kind of ratchet my, my brain back over the past 20 plus years, um, the energy conversation in Canada has flipped. Right. We are now the conversation used to always be about, you know, where supply was coming from and then how to trickle down into our communities. Now, the driver of the energy conversation and the energy transition is coming from the ground up. So as my chair likes to say, we're looking at it from the opposite end of the telescope. And I think it's quite remarkable that we've done that over the course of the last 20 years. Uh, but now the challenge and the complexity of actually making the changes is right in front of us and we have a massive opportunity also a massive challenge to make those changes um, in a very short period of time i think so um uh, excited to be part of this but but that's really one of the kind of the foundational um you know the biggest changes that i've seen you know you talk about changes and it's very clear that if you look at what's happened particularly over the last decade you know the the way this sector has changed uh it's quite significant you know i'm a I, I, I'm, uh, I, I like to write and I, you know, written my share of speeches in the past, given my share of speeches in the past. And, you know, when I would look at change, I would always talk about how much change is not happening in the electricity sector. Um, you know, and the, the joke used to be, and I've told this here before as well, is, is that, you know, if you, if you, if, if Alexander Graham Bell and, and, uh, you know, would come back, you know, he'd have no sense at all. Of, of what was going on in the telecommunications industry. But if Thomas Edison were to come back, it would be like he could pick up like where he left off. Um, and now you just can't see that, right? You just, just the, the dramatic changes that we've seen, you know, in terms of how we produce electricity, in terms of how we deliver it, in terms of how we use it. You know, there, there, there's been so much change. And, and so Matthew, as, as you look at your experiences over the last little while, you know, what, what stands out for you and, and in terms of where also where we need to go? Yeah, I, one of the biggest changes I've seen 
Um, I've been in this field maybe for 12 years, so not quite as long as Tanya, but, uh, but close. Uh, but all of my time has been here in Waterloo Region, and it has been terrific to see how the grassroots movement has created a social license that has really fed itself up to the leadership level. We've been hiring uh, but at, at the cities and at the, at the municipality. Uh, the, region of, the region of Waterloo and, and the cities, uh, our directors and commissioners and GMs have these really great, clear visions of the, the future. And they're integrating all of these really great ideas that are uh, beneficial both economically, environmentally. Um, uh, and, and they really, um, uh, their, their vision is really ringing clear. The, you're talking about the use of energy, uh, Terry. One of the core tenants for all folks involved in community energy is to decarbonize transportation and to decarbonize heating. Um, largely, this is through electrification. Um, just a few years ago, we launched our, 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 public, transit, our public transit system, our, our LRT. That is the first time ever we've started moving people en masse with electricity. That represents a, a significant, uh, significant path, uh, progress here. And then along this path, we've seen just enormous amounts of economic development. Just in the uh, one and a half kilometers near the, we call it the Ion Rail, where I am, there's now, right now 12 cranes up building condo towers, just densifying the population growth, um, which leads to more efficiency. You know, you're right in terms of uh, that more efficient use of electricity that we continue to need to have, particularly as, you know, electrification goes forward. You know, it wasn't it wasn't so long ago that our demand was jumping 7% a year, which essentially meant over a decade, you were having to double the infrastructure that was necessary to, to meet that demand. And now what we're seeing is, is you know, that leveling off you know, energy efficiency is playing such a, a great a great part in this. You know, I've got I've had the responsibility of of energy efficiency with the ISO for some time now, and seen the commitment of you know the governments to support this and 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 us to continue to 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 help customers uh, to help the system actually be 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 more efficient. So, um, I, you know, it's nice that we're all working in the in the same path. Step back for a minute, though, if I if I can, and and think about your your views of us as the system operator and what it is you need to see from us, and in, in terms of what advice would you give to me, in terms of of you know some of the development that you'd like to see over the next little while. Uh, I'll take a first stab at that. Yeah, um, you know, I th I mean, I think that the, the work that the IESO does is is fantastic. We've had the privilege of being able to work quite closely with uh, with you over over the number of years that we have um, been around, um, and and you know, also uh, really impressed to see that you know some of the work that we had done together, uh, which you know some of it centered around around the the need for better alignment across planning that happens at the different government levels, whether that's at the local governments, uh, the region government such as the regional of Waterloo, you know, with the ISO, with the province, you know, we we always, I think there's still more that we can do to write sort of better the alignment across um, a multitude of different stakeholders and not, not just, uh, you know, utilities with governments, but um, it also transpires into kind of the, the larger energy users, you know, energy users in the, in the community as well. Um, you know, I think that the, the 
so more of that kind of collaboration is uh, is needed. And I, I know collaboration is difficult. Um, and, and I think, you know, if, if COVID, I don't want to bring this, necessarily bring this into here, but if it's taught us anything, is the collaboration is so critical to making progress together. Um, so I think we really need to draw on that as we move forward. Um, so, you know, those are kind of a couple of things there. And and that, that also is, you know, bringing, you know, we, we're, we're here talking about electricity, but, you know, if we're really going to get to the outcomes that we're looking for, um, it's going to take all hands on deck and we need to have the engagement um, and everybody who has levers to pull, pulling on those levers to get us to the outcomes that, that we're looking for. So making sure that we are, um, you know, always open to the other opportunities that may not seem like they are part of our, our immediate business, but are so critical to us collectively making progress. Matthew, anything you can, you'd like to add to that? Yeah, I'd like to just point out one neat thing that I noticed uh, this past week, and then I have one more tangible thing at the end. Um, whenever I go on the ISO website, I'm always uh, surprised and delighted by the stuff that I find. There's so much on that website uh, that is just so cool. I just think it's kind of a bummer that um, I don't always know that it's there. So, for example, um, we're working on a, a community energy efficiency grant with, with FCM. This is just a way to retrofit homes um, at large. Uh, one of the particular elements of that program that we're interested in is affordable housing. So we're trying to find ways that we can have low interest loans maybe fed through uh, local, improvement charge, uh, local improvement charges and how that affects affordable housing. And we thought we were on our own on that. We uh, have been budgeting ways to hire consultants to really help us out. As I was preparing for this website, Terry, um, I'm looking around your website, and sure enough, what did I find? I found five pages of how to uh, how to employ the LIC uh, program to you know for affordable affordable housing. Great research methods, um, advice there. And you know what? If it wasn't for this podcast, I wouldn't have even known it was there. Then I, I guess finally, the the idea, the other thing would be um, uh, the ISO currently has the monopoly on energy efficiency and, and conservation. Uh, management. I think locally we have a lot we can contribute here. If we're looking at reducing our greenhouse gas emissions by 80% by 2050, we're going to need to seriously engage the residential sector. We, it, and this is a sector that's historically been um, difficult to communicate with, uh, and there's not a lot of uh, uptake on the programs that we do have. We would like to be able to create a one-window service for all of our local residents. But we don't have a lot of levers to pull here, largely because um, of, the, of the structure of the conservation uh, programs. So it would be great if we could partner uh, either provincially or at least locally on creating just a one window shop that we can all draw on and share information equitably. Well, you know, as the as the sector has changed over the last decade, I would say that that a lot of the the programs or resources that that we have are also changing and showing you know tremendous potential. And when I look at uh, energy efficiency or conservation, again, you know how we have done this over the last since two thousand and six. Uh, has changed and it can continue to change and and communities like yours Matthew are just more sophisticated about the ability to 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 become more energy efficient and so we do need to work with you we need to need to work with others and this is where collaboration is so important because we're not on the ground the way that you are 
And, and so, you know, I encourage us and encourage you to continue to work with us so that we can, you know, address the needs and the opportunities that are there. You know, one of the ways that we're trying to create this is through our regional network. So we are, we're very much interested in working with communities and we've created these five regional networks. I know you're both uh, familiar with that, with those. Any any advice you can give us, uh, you know, maybe in closing in terms of how we engage with 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 our communities? Or advice to communities in terms of engaging with us, you know, uh, mindful of who's listening. Yeah, mindful of who's listening. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I think that I think we all know that we need to collaborate more. We need to collaborate well. Um, you know, obviously the devil's in the details on the how. Um, and I, but I do think that one thing that, and this is not necessarily for the IESO specifically, but kind of you know, kind of governments more generally speaking, we've been obviously lots of conversations going on around building back better, um, you know, is is the capacity issue. And this is a massive issue. I think that local governments, uh, you know, as, as Matthew was just articulating, like stumbling across the resources on your website, um, you know, that the, the ability to be able to tackle the challenge, we just don't have the capacity yet in order to do that. And so that is something that we need to overcome. I've also heard from utilities who say, you know, we serve, you know, X number of communities and we don't have the capacity to work with them individually. So we have to find creative ways of, you know, cohorting or working together so that we can not just accomplish the multiple outcomes that ex and, and opportunities that exist at the local level, but, um, but also find more creative ways to collaborate together so that we can do so more effectively and efficiently. So so I don't know exactly what that looks like, Terry, but um, happy to work with you on figuring that one out a bit more. Okay, I'll take. We'll take you up on that. Matthew, <laughs> okay. final thoughts to you. Oh, Tanya said it said it perfectly. Um, you have a few uh, community engagement uh, people, and it's just really awesome to be able to just call them up and say, "Hey, Rochelle, this is what I'm thinking about," and and she's able to connect me with other folks. Uh, just being very approachable is very. Um, um, it helps a lot for someone like me in, in my position. Well, let's keep the conversation going. And uh, I want to thank you both, Matthew and Tanya, for joining us on the podcast today. Uh, look forward to hearing more about successful initiatives from WR Community Energy and and uh, and Tanya with the ongoing work with with Quest. I think we've uh, you know we've we've opened a lot of doors, and I think we can keep going through them together. So, um, just one one last thing we. Uh, uh, as we're looking at uh, changing the way that we work uh, in the short term, and I think this will will move to the to the longer term as well. I'm uh, excited to to let you and others know that we're launching an online engagement portal later this year. Um, it will help us uh, to uh, better communicate. So watch for more on this. We're we're uh, uh, really excited about it, and uh, very excited to hear from both of you today. Thanks again for for joining us. Thank you Thanks very for much, Terry. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. To stay up to date on the latest initiatives taking place across Ontario's electricity industry, we invite you to follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn, or by visiting us at www.ieso.ca. Thanks for listening.